Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what a privilege to be at Cornerstone Church. Uh, I told Sean just now, um, I wish you hadn't said that. Now you have me tearing up down here, so I've got to regain. Also, I asked my wife for a mint when, uh, I, right before I came up, and she gave me a whole handful of them. And so uh, I guess my uh, breath needs healed. Uh, oh, I shouldn't have took that one. Uh, thank you for the privilege of being here. Uh, it really is a privilege. And um, Pastor Sean, I think this is the first time you have been here when I've spoken. I know a couple times you were on trips, uh, different things like that. But it really is a privilege. I want to welcome all the people who are online. If you uh, have not uh, been to this church, I recommend that you come here. Uh, it's a great place. There are people here. This is a presence-oriented church. And I want to thank the worship team because uh, talk about uh, preparing an atmosphere. I believe that uh, there's a faith level here. And so I want to thank you, worship team. Uh, again, thank you, Pastor Sean and Lisa, elders and stuff, for letting me to uh, speak here this morning. Uh, I'm excited about this. I'm trying to, I told, uh, I was in Sean's office earlier and I said, I'm not going to speak long and he laughed at me. So, but uh, I'm not going to try to speak long. I'm going to speak about a, uh, t on healing. Something that is uh, very, very precious to me. It's uh, a topic that I used to didn't embrace. I remember I was thinking about this. Uh, I remember the first time I saw anybody healed. Uh, how many can remember the first time somebody was healed? Uh, I was a pastor of a denominational church, and somebody had came up to me and said, I would, Pastor, we would like for you to go over and pray for this couple. Uh, one of them is really sick. I couldn't remember if it was a man or the woman. So uh, I made arrangements, and I went over. It was this little house that had... Um, uh, the old form house type of things. And it had a big uh, window, a, a glass window in the entry door, and it had a curtain, and I'm knocking on the door, and before long I see a man coming like this, and I thought, oh, my faith level went down because I saw him, and I thought, man, he really is sick. Found out he was the well one. <laughs> it was his wife. She was been diagnosed with cancer. They were not giving her a good prognosis. They said, surgery's coming up, da-da-da-da-da. She was going to go see a um, physician a couple days from then. And uh, by the way, thank you, gentlemen from Zambia. Wonderful to have you. And I'd like to pray for you, too, if I could at the end, if you would. But anyway, so um, uh, she was going to go see the doctor, and I, I said, can I pray for you? And I prayed a Melba toast prayer. Who knows what a Melba toast prayer is? It's dry, it's crusty, it has very little substance. And that's exactly what I prayed over her. And my prayer was something to the effect of, God, I just pray that this woman would not have to go through the surgery. Well, you think about it, there's only one of two alternatives. God's going to heal her or she's going to die. That's one of the two things. Anyway, I said, okay, you're going to go to the doctor. Uh, please... Uh, send me, a, a, call me, let me know. And it wasn't even, even an email at that time. 
I said, send me, um, uh, call me so uh, you can find out, so I can find out what's going on. So uh, waited that week, nobody called. Uh, nobody called uh, the week after that. So after about two weeks, I called her and I said, hey, you haven't given me an update. What's going on? She said, I forgot to tell you. She said, I um, went to the doctor. I said, I want another test run. She said, when I, they ran that test, there was no evidence of any cancer in my life anymore. Now, that was my first time, and keep in mind, I prayed that pathetic prayer over her. And when I prayed, what, thinking about that, it gave me a couple, I came to a couple conclusions. That this whole area of healing has basically nothing to do with me. If somebody is healed, it is the power of God. But then I came across, then as I studied the area of healing, I came across another thought. This has everything to do with me. Because God has chosen you and I to be the conveyors of the power of God to, to other people. To see healing released in other people. You know, uh, just verses, things that I see, think about. In John chapter, excuse me, Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he's already given them authority and power over, uh, over all sorts of diseases and demons and all of that. And then he says this in John chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 10, he says, go to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. God wants to use you as a conveyor, as, a, a, as one who brings the healing power of God to other people. I uh, was jotting down some things just a few minutes ago, and I'm convinced there's three things that are going to happen here today. Number one, people are going to be healed. Somebody say, people are going to be healed. That includes families re-healed, -heal, bodies restored, broken relationship restored, finances restored. He is a restorer God. Number two, there's going to be a stirring inside of you that not only do you want to see that happen, you're going to be one that God uses to see those things happen. And number three is this, that the water level for healing is going to increase in this place. I'm convinced of this, that God wants to use cornerstone Stone Church as being one of the places that healing is prevalent, that people will come here because of one thing. They know that God, that the message that's going to be preached is that God is a good God, that he loves us intensely. And number three, that he wants to demonstrate his goodness. And one of the ways that he wants to demonstrate his goodness is by healing people's bodies. I'm convinced of that. Healing. I want you to say this. God is a multifaceted healer. He is a healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. 
In the Old Testament, he's called Jehovah Rapha. He reveals himself in Exodus 15 by that name, Jehovah Rapha. The idea is that something is torn, something is, is, needs to be mended, and it's stitched back together. That was in the Old Covenant. That was under the Old Covenant. Now we have a new covenant based upon better promises. If the Old Covenant, he did that, how much more will he do it in the New Covenant? Say that again. God's a multifaceted healer. Somebody questioned me one time, why in the world do you have people repeat after you? I told them. Number one, it's one thing for them to hear me say it. It's another thing for them to hear it coming out of their mouths. God is a multifaceted healer, and I'm convinced he's going to heal people's bodies today. Back in March, the day after returning from Peru, I had the privilege of speaking here. It was unplanned, but I remember prophesying that, that that water level for healing was going to increase here. Second uh, thing I think about pertaining to this whole thing of healing, a few weeks ago we celebrated the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, and I'm one of the ones who wants to find out what the prophetic voices are saying about the upcoming year. I was so excited because one of the things the prophetic voices were saying, two words, number one was restore and number two was heal. That is a God we have. He is a restore. When God restores something, he always restores it better than the original. We want to restore something and we come to the level of where it was. When he restores, it is better than the original. You say, give me an example. In the Old Testament, when something was stolen, they'd have to restore. And depending on what it was, it was either three, six, even seven times what had been taken. The Bible says the glory of the, talking about temple restoration, the glory of the latter temple will be greater than the glory of the former temple. When he restores is better than the original and God's going to restore bodies today. Hallelujah. And besides that, I believe just the season we, uh, we are in now, God is, re uh, he's revealing his goodness, his mercy, and his love. He is a healing God. His name is healer. Uh, I'm going to hit one reason why I feel why I'm so convinced that God wants to heal. Back in September 20th, I was up 20th and 21st, have it in my notes. I was, I was up early in the morning and God gave me the message for today. You can see things drawn around in circles and all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to speak about one of the reasons why I'm so convinced that God wants to heal. For me, there are five different reasons why God wants to heal. Just tell you I'm real, real quickly. Number one, because of the Father's commitment to healing. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's a healer. I think about number two, Jesus' commitment to healing. He was, he was asked in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, in the various Gospels, will you do this pertaining to healing? He says, I am willing. He is always willing to heal. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, it says this about Jesus. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how he was anointed by the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. He is a healer. That's who he is. I think about the Holy Spirit's role in healing. He is the one who 
who gives gifts. Part of those gifts are, one of them is the gifts of healings. It's plural because there's multiple ways that we're sick, not multiple ways we need to be healed. He, is a, he heals in all of those things. I spoke with a class immediately before this about one, another way that God reveals why I'm convinced that God is a healer for today. It is a manifestation of the kingdom of God. Wherever his kingdom is, sickness cannot stay. So we just need to see the kingdom of God established. Our job, our job description from Matthew chapter 6 is, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. So we need to go, we need to get what's going on in heaven, get it down on the earth, and there is no sickness in heaven. Now number five. Fifth reason, it is a covenantal right that you and I have. Healing is a covenantal promise that you and I have. Turn to somebody and say this, healing is a covenantal promise that we have. Turn, turn. Healing is a covenantal promise. Do you all believe that? We have a new covenant that new covenant is based on, Hebrews says, on better promises than the old covenant was. The old covenant had great promises. The new covenant is even better. That covenant was enacted by, was solidified for us by Jesus on the cross. The cross is the pivot point of all history. In the Old Testament, they look forward to the Messiah. In the New Testament, we look back to the Messiah and what he's already done for us. He established a covenant. How many of you, when we do the Lord's Supper, we quote 1 Corinthians 11, and we quote a couple different things. Jesus took his body, uh, took a bre uh, bread, and he, after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body, which was broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Push a pause button for just a second. You know what you do when you do something in remembrance? You're taking some past event and making it powerfully realized in the present. And so when we're doing something in remembrance of Jesus... We are taking what he's done in the past, his body being broken for you, and we're making it powerfully realized in the presence, in the present. And then he took the cup, and after he had blessed it, the Bible says, he said, this, is, this cup is the a, is a blood of a brand new covenant. He made a covenant for us. Hebrews, again, better promises than the old covenant. When a covenant took place, there was different things that need to happen. Number one, something had to be sacrificed. Something had to die. Jesus was our sacrifice. He is the one who died. You remember in the Old, in the Old Testament, one time when God was speaking to Abraham, he was giving him a uh, covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. This is in uh, Genesis uh, 15. And he's given the, old, the, the covenant to him, promising all these different things. And they caused this deep sleep to come upon uh, on, uh, Abraham. 
him. And when he woke up, there was this scene that he could never forget because there was these animals and they were on one side and another and there was a smoking pot and an oven went between the two. He was enacting a covenant. Something had to die. Those animals had to die. And basically what he was saying, may it be done to me as to these animals if that covenant is ever broken. It was eternal covenant. Something had to die. Jesus died for us. Blood had to be shed. The Bible tells Jesus shed his precious blood. There was a name exchange. You know you got a new name? The new na- you used to be a child of the devil. Now you are a child of the king. You are a child of God. You have a brand new identity. There's all these different things. There was a covenant mark. You know what they would do with covenants? They'd cut themselves. There would be the exchanging of the blood and things like that. But they would take dirt and they'd wipe it into the cut so it'd leave a scar. That meant that when somebody came and they, they were going to do something bad to somebody, they would see that covenant scar and they'd think, oh my, if I do this to him, he's got a covenant brother that's going to be coming back and he's going to enact judgment on me. We have scars that secure our covenant. They're the holes in Jesus' hands and his feet on his back. There was, it was irrevocable. It could never change. And there were promises and conditions that took place. I'm going to give you, by the way, do we have that? I sent a, do we have any of those outlines going up? I just thought about that. They really weren't that great of outlines or the PowerPoints or whatever. Did you guys get those? Don't worry about it. I couldn't find a background that was very, very good. And I found this one. I thought, oh, that really looks 80s. But anyway, I put it up because. Oh, there it is. Does that not look 80s to you guys? Say that again. Healing is a covenantal promise. When Jesus died for us, when he established that new covenant, he, there are certain promises that are available now to you, to you and me. They are irrevocable. They will never, ever change. Here's number one. Covenantal promise. He became sin. Oh, there it is. He became sin so that we would become righteous. Hallelujah. How many are glad for that? That he became sin for us, that we would become the very righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, He, God, made him who knew no sin, Jesus, to be sin on our behalf, that we would become the righteousness of God in him. See, Jesus just didn't die for your sins. He literally took on the whole of the sins of all humanity for all time. He took on all of our sins. You know, there's a verse I could never figure out. Remember those seven last words of Jesus? One of them I could never figure out was, my God, my God. He said it in in, um, Aramaic. Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I couldn't figure that out. 
But there was a period of time on the cross where all of the sins of all mankind were poured out on Jesus and God the Father. Jesus had such intimate relationship with the Father. But for a period of time, we don't know how long that was. It could have been a second. It could have been 30 seconds. It could have been five minutes. But a period of time, God turned his back on the Son while he punished sin on the cross. And you and I are a benefactor because of that. If you're here today or you're watching and you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, today is a really good day to do it. He is a good God. He loves you. The Bible says as many as will call upon him, if you will call on him, ask him to save you, ask him to be the Lord of your life, believe he's raised from the dead, he will, he'll forgive you for your sins. You become a child of God. And there's all of these benefits that are yours because of what Jesus has already done. Healing is a covenantal right. I'm going to get that. Here's number two. He was chastised so that you could have peace. Do you all believe that? That's what Isaiah 53 verse 5 says. He was the chastisement for our peace was upon Jesus. These are covenantal rights. These are things that are, that are available to you. He was chastised. He took stress and worry, and anxiety, and punishment upon himself so that you and I could walk in, be established in the peace of God. We don't have time to talk about that. Here's a third covenantal right. He became a curse for you so that you and I would be blessed. In the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 3, 13 through 14, it says, He became a curse, curses everyone who hangs under tree, that we may become recipients of the blessings of Abraham and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. How many of you believe that Abraham was blessed? If you read in Genesis, he was a blessed in every arena of your life. Jesus provided, became a curse so that you would be blessed and walk in all of the blessings of Abraham, walk in being blessed in every arena of your life. How many believe that? That's what the Bible says. Here's number four. He became poor so that you might become rich. I'm reading what the Bible says. And I know what somebody just thought right now. Oh, you're one of those prosperity preachers. Well, I'm not a poverty preacher. I'm not. I believe God wants to cause you to prosper. He wants to move you from the land of lack to the land of even to the land of more than enough. I want to be in the land of more than enough. And one of the reasons why he wants to bless your finances are he wants to bless our finances so that we would be those who uh, are used to propagate the gospel to the nations. The Bible says this in, in uh, Deuteronomy 8.18. He gives you the power to make wealth so that his covenant would be established. You know, it takes money to establish the covenant. The light, you know, uh, Evergy just doesn't give a Cornerstone a free ride. They would like, you, know, you would like it if they did. They, the money is required to do these different things. And he wants to 
Bless your finances. Some of you have had, I haven't believed that. He wants to bless your finances. It is a covenantal right. He became poor so you would become rich. Some people say, well, he came poor when he came to the earth. He became poor when he went to the cross. I could give you reason after reason. Remember those wise men that came to Mary and Joseph? Gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These were kings who were coming with their most extravagant gift to give to a greater king because they'd seen his his sign in the stars. It financed them when they went to Egypt. It, it, there was a lot of finances that went to them. He became poor, so you were going to become rich. Here, that was number four. Let me give you number five. I'm going to give you seven of them. I'm going to do them quick. Why well, everybody said it? He, be, he took on shame. He took on shame. You no longer need to live in shame. Hebrews chapter 12, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, listen to this, despising the shame, despising the shame. It was a shameful thing to be uh, displayed in front of all humanity, uh, all of uh, humanity, basically being naked as he hung on the cross. He took on shame. And I was, uh, one time I, uh, when I was on September 20th, I, I asked Siri, hey Siri, by the way, do this. Take out your phones for just a second. Hold them up. I just want to see what happens. Hey Siri. None of them listened to me. I thought maybe all of them were going to listen to me. Anyway, I said, hey Siri, uh, what is an antonym of of shame. <laughs> and one of the first things it says, there are 744 antonyms of shame. <laughs> and I started looking in the Bible. Isaiah 61, he's going to take away the shame, but he's going to give you honor again. He's going to give you dignity again. I don't care what your past says. You do not need to live in shame any longer. He wants to give you dignity. He wants to give you honor. And he did it because he was shamed on the cross. It was a divine exchange. It was a covenantal promise. How do you know if you still walk in shame? You know what, I'm not supposed to get into that. You can ask me later. You know what? Sometimes I get up here and I feel like I'm just checked and saying something. And so I checked it. Talk to you later. Number six. Is this six? The Bible says in Isaiah 53, he was despised and he was rejected. You know, one of the common things when I minister to the oppressed, one of the common things that comes up, rejection. Jesus took on rejection like you and I cannot fathom. 
And one of the primary ways I just mentioned was when the father turned his back on him. He was despised and rejected. And so that you, Ephesians 1, 6, would be accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. He wants to rid people, set people free of rejection. And here comes the seventh covenantal blessing. How many want this one? By his stripes, by the wounds on his back, by that scourging, by all of those things late when his back was literally ripped ripped to shreds, by his stripes, you have been healed. It is a covenantal blessing that's for you and me by his stripes. You have been healed. I've had people, I've heard people say this. We're going we're gonna to pray for you right now because in the name of Jesus, by, the blood, by his blood, we declare healing. Well, I'm really thankful for the blood. I have eternal redemption because of the blood. But I have healing because of the stripes on Jesus' back. There are two primary evils, sin and sickness. For that, there are two primary remedies. It's the blood and it's the body of Jesus. He provided healing for you. I used to, didn't believe, oh, by the way, that's the wrong verse. I, I printed the wrong verse. That should be 1 Peter 2.24. I think the notes are in the, the app today, too, so you have to change that. It's 1 Peter 2.24. I would uh, argue with a sister-in-law who was praying for me for today. And she was telling me how healing was for today. Isaiah 53, 5 says, healing is for today. By his stripes you've been healed. And I said, her name's Brenda. Brenda, that is spiritual healing. She said, well, 1 Peter 2, 24 says, by his stripes you've been healed. Brenda, that spiritual healing has nothing to do with the body. And I've said, I've asked people this. How many have had your theology wrecked by reading the Bible? <laughs> I read Matthew chapter 8 one day. Peter's house. His mother-in-law was there. That's why we know he was married. Had a mother-in-law. Okay, no comments about that. We're not going to... Some of you guys, your minds went there. I was not thinking that. I just knew what you were thinking. His mother-in-law was there. She was sick with a fever. Jesus laid hands on her, and immediately the fever left her. And then she got up and started uh, serving them. And then later on, they opened up the front door, and it says that everyone who was sick, who was demonized, anybody who had any sort of physical abnormality, spirit, physical, emotional, whatever kind of abnormality, they were all out there. And the Bible says this, Matthew chapter 8, he healed them all. Not a single person escaped him. That, then it says this, that it may be fulfilled what was written by Isaiah the prophet when he says, 
by his stripes you've been healed. And that is talking about physical. Don't tell me that Isaiah 53, 1 Peter 2, 24 is just spiritual healing. It is physical healing. God wants to heal his people. It is a covenantal promise that he has given to us. In just a few minutes, people in this room are going to be healed. I don't know all of the reasons, all of the, the, the ways. I had, um, I ask, there's been people praying. There's been people praying, and they sent me a list of words of knowledge. So many of them have to deal with mental, emotional issues. He's going to heal today. He's going to heal today. Why? He is a healer. He loves you. He cares for you, and he wants to demonstrate his goodness to you. By his stripes, we've been healed. It's a covenantal promise. How does he heal? Let me give you some ways real quick. We could talk about other ways. We can be, one of the ways he heals is by ch us changing our lifestyles. We can change our diets and things like that. But let me give you these real quickly. I'm just going to basically read them off. You can look them up on your own. He heals by his word. He sent his word and it healed them. He, he, there's healing in his name. He tells us in Mark chapter 16, to, he says, These signs shall accompany those who believe in my name. And he gives five specific things that will happen. In my name. There's power and authority in the name of Jesus. He's healed by the power of touch. When we lay hands on people. It's a, a release of the power of God. You are a container of the life-giving flow of God. His power resides inside of you. And when we lay hands on the sick, it's like a conduit. It's, it's being, his power is being released to other people. We're healed by anointing with oil in James chapter 5. We're healed by... Uh, by um, the prayer of faith. I even put this one down. I think I put a couple other ones down. The Lord's Supper. When we receive the Lord's Supper, I remember when I was a pastor, we had it available every week. There were some times when we made a focus of that. And without exception, when we made a focus on the Lord's Supper, we keyed in on that. Without exception, somebody was healed not because of people laying hands on them. It was because they were focusing on the broken body of Jesus. Do this in remembrance. You're taking a past event and making it powerfully realized in the present. Ways that they're healed. I don't remember. Uh, next one. Oh, I put down two of them. I've forgotten another one. Angelic. Angelic. You're thinking, give me a verse, John chapter 5. An angel would come. They'd been in the presence of God, and when they come to earth, they are just laden with healing power. And an angel would stir up the water in John chapter 5, and the end result was the first one in got healed. But they're an angelic in the role of healing. 
There are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. That's sovereign. That's a sovereign way. There's the faith realm. There's the sovereign realm. The, the sovereign realm is when, when, when the, the gifts of healings, plural type of healings, are poured out. Uh, it, it, it's when uh, word of knowledge and word of wisdom. And then there is a healing atmosphere that can break out. A healing atmosphere. Luke chapter 5 verse 17 says, The power of the Lord was present to heal. In Acts chapter 5, you can't see the verses very well, but in Acts chapter 5, it was, they, they laid out the sick so that even the, the um, a, a shadow of Peter would come over them and they'd be healed. In Acts chapter 19, it says that extraordinary miracles were done so that if aprons or handkerchiefs were taken out from Paul's body, he would touch them, he'd lay hands on them, and people would be healed. A healing atmosphere. And that gets me, next slide, to that guy. You don't know him. I don't know him. I, was try I had a picture of him. I tried to zoom on his name tag, and he couldn't get it very well, so I splotted out his face because he didn't give me permission to share this. He didn't even know I'm talking about him today. I want to tell you about one time there was a healing atmosphere that broke out. My wife, Carol, you can come up here for a sec. My wife and I, uh, we, um, keyboard guy, you can come on up. Thank you. Sorry, I don't know your name. <laughs> your keyboard guy. <laughs> Say hi to keyboard guy. <laughs> One time we had this conference, and I was on my way to this conference, and I prayed a prayer. I said, Lord, I ask you to open up doors for me today. I want to go places and speak. And uh, first session went on. After the first session, somebody comes up to me and said, hey, pastor, I was wondering if you could come up and speak. There's a group of us meeting in Excelsior Springs. I said, sure. I just prayed that. And he said, I just want to warn you. And I think, oh, my, what did I just agree to? He said, um, there's, um, I just want to warn you that, and he mentioned a particular group. I'm not going to say the name of the group. There's, they hold this region, especially independence, as being very dear. They have a big, thick Bible. I didn't mention their name, did I? But anyway, he said this group, and he said, um, uh, there's a group of us who have been a part of this church, coming out of a part of this church, or, or, or whatever. I said, Okay. And I uh, asked another guy afterwards, I said, what's the scoop with this? He says, oh, they're the real deal. They're born again. They're wanting to know more about the Holy Spirit. They're wanting to experience his power. So I went there, and uh, God showed up. And then later on, they asked Carol and I to come up to Lamoni, Iowa. And we were supposed to take a day and speak at a national conference they had for these folks. And uh, the last night, uh, the, the, the evening service, she was taking something with the kids, and I was taking a, a, a healing service with the adults. And I'm speaking about healing. And I had just mentioned the things about how God wants to heal and, different, and, and things like that. 
And this was in a pie-shaped auditorium, a lecture hall. You know, it's slanted and stuff. Uh, Kelly, can you get me that chair? Uh, yeah, that one. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking up on this platform, and I'm watching as an electric wheelchair with somebody behind it or coming in over here on the side. And so I'm, I'm, I'm watching that, and, and the guy in the wheelchair is going like this. I said, sir, you know, just give me a couple minutes. I'm going to be done, and I'll pray for you. And the guy behind him says this, we're tired of this. I said, excuse me? There's 300 people here, and we're having this conversation. He's tired of something. I said, uh, excuse me? And he said, we're tired of hearing about this. We know about this. We want to see it. And so what did I do? I went over to the center of the auditorium and looked at my notes. <laughs> I had the thought, this could get bad really, really quick. I was looking at my notes, but I wasn't really looking at my notes. You know what I was trying to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? And I went over to this guy. I said, you know, sir, when God heals, he does it through several different forums. And some of them are the faith realm. And I told him about praying the prayer of faith, the name of Jesus and stuff like that. And I said, and some of them are the sovereign realm. And that comes, uh, that happens when, when, when God just shows up. And, uh, well, well, first of all, it's those words of knowledge and words of wisdom. We've gonna, we prayed about different things that were going to happen today. And I said, and sometimes he wants to re release a healing atmosphere. And I don't know how to explain it except the spirit of faith hit me. And I got up there and I said, and I bind, that's what he wants to do in this place. I bind every spirit of the... And I went through. I was binding spirits of religion. I was binding spirits of infirmity, doctrines of demons. And these people stood up and started applauding. I'm thinking, why are you applauding? I'm binding those in you. I bound, Pastor Sean, I bound every demon west of the Mississippi River. I had them all. Hallelujah. The guy in the wheelchair, he's up doing this now. And I said, sir, give me three more minutes and I'll pray for you. And he says, can I say something? I said, sure. What do you want to say? Held the microphone down and he said, the pain's gone. I said, what did you say? He said, the pain's gone. And the police, the people started erupting. And we had gotten words of knowledge and stuff. And I had, I started calling those words of knowledge up. And people started coming, uh, standing up. And they were being healed spontaneously on the spot. It had absolutely nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with God. He was revealing how good he was, how much he cares for us, how he really is Jehovah Rapha. He is a God who heals us. If there was ever a time that that happened, uh, or that it wouldn't happen, I thought it would be at that time. We started calling up people. 
I need those blind eyes. You're blind in one eye. You got eyesight problems. And they came over here, laid hands in the first. Bam, they were healed. Second, third. It had nothing to do with me. It was a healing atmosphere. I want you people, and I called out these, uh, these uh, other hearing issues, and I'm praying for a hearing issue. They got their, uh, their ministry team behind me, and I heard this scream, and I saw a lady looking down at her feet. I said, are you the right leg? And she says, no, I'm the left eye. I haven't been able to see my feet for 10 years. It was spontaneous. It was a healing atmosphere. We could literally not keep up with the healings. That ruined me. And I have been hunting for that ever since. When Pastor Sean, right over there, asked me, after you conclude this healing classes on a Sunday morning, will you do a healing service? I was so excited. And I thought, I think that could break out at Cornerstone Church in Blue Springs, Missouri. It could break out today. We have people praying from other countries that are praying for this service today. Whatever happens in the next few minutes, I know one thing, that the water level for healing is going to increase in this place. Carol, she was in another part of, of the uh, campus, and she was ministering to some kids who did not want to be there. They were ornery. They were doing stuff. They weren't listening. And what happened? Well, I was like, I was kind of like what you were doing. I almost like was pulling out all my bags of tricks, everything I could think of because nothing was working. I mean, it was like a brick wall. And, and I don't know what made it happen, but it was like all of a sudden, and these kids were not familiar with probably movement of the spirit, his presence, anything like that. But I mean, the room was packed with kids. And um, all of a sudden, it was like something moved in the room. And I had no idea what was going on out there. You know how it is when your kids ministry, they stick you in a back room, shut the door, and you're on your own. <laughs> and um, so I was, all of a sudden, something moved in the room. And all these kids started weeping just started weeping and the leaders there was two people there and they kind of looked around they didn't and the kids didn't know what was happening honestly I was just amazed anything was happening but these kids just started weeping and crying before the Lord they experienced the presence of God see what happened was that campus for whatever reason Holy Spirit decided to come down on that campus and he released a healing atmosphere with the adults and he released something with the presence of God with these kids. I've been ruined. Who's this guy? He's the guy from the wheelchair. All this chaotic stuff, it was a divine chaos. I loved it so much. It was completely out of my control. I was just a participant with what God was doing. And, uh, and 
after the lady shouted me, I'm the bright eye. I said, where's the guy in the wheelchair? And somebody else shouted out. There were 300 people in this auditorium. He's taken a lap around the building. And about that time, he came out on this side over there. And, and this time, he was standing up, but he was walking like this. And then by later on, there was no vestiges of any paralysis in him anymore. Carol came out. And she uh, said, hey, a guy came out of a wheelchair. I said, in fact, that's him right over there. He was getting a drink. She says, that's great. Where's the guy in the wheelchair? wheelchair. I said, that's the guy who's in the wheelchair. And if you look, his wheelchair is over his left, our right shoulder. He left that electric wheelchair there and didn't need to use it anymore. It was just because of the power of God, the presence of God. There was a healing atmosphere. And I'm going to right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to I'm going to invite Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray. I'm going to bind some things. And there's people in this room who, without people laying hands on them, God will show up and you will be healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind in the name of Jesus every spirit of infirmity, every spirit of unbelief, every all those things, every spirit of disappointment and delay. I break you. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into this place right now. I welcome you into this place right now. Heal. Heal, I ask you, Lord. Father, you are the healer. You are Jehovah Rapha. I ask you to heal now in Jesus' name. Some of you came here and you had something going on in your body. If it is being healed right now, I want you to wave your hand. Who's got something that they're being healed of? Come on, wave your hand. I got to know who's being healed of something. You being healed of something? I want you to come up here. Anybody else being healed? Okay, we're going to get it in just a second. What, what are you being healed of? What's going on? Uh, so I was at a, at a park, and I fell and bashed my knee against a fake rock. So what's going on now? It doesn't hurt at all. We'll take that. It doesn't hurt anymore. Who else is being healed? I speak to ear issues in the name of Jesus. I command them to be healed in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I just got a prognosis from my doctor about my back, and he was trying to tell me that I have deteriorating vertebrae, and I've been in pain for about three weeks, and anytime I sit down, I'm in pain, and it... it keeps me from even standing up straight when I try to stand up. I had pain when I came in and when I've been sitting here halfway, three quarters to the service and right before you started declaring healing right now, it just went away. I stood straight up. I... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Who else is being healed? You know that there's some tangible difference inside of you. What is it, ma'am? Just Pardon? Lisa? Oh, Kelly and Cindy. Oh, yeah, Kelly and Cindy. Yes, that was one of the words about restoration of marriages. Carol, you had some words about it. I felt like that there was a home, there was a heart of a home that was fractured. 
and it was almost like a broken bone and the Lord was going to set it straight today. Come on, folks. you got to believe for this. You've got to believe for this. Jesus is your healer. He will heal thought, spirit, soul, and body. He heals relationships. Kelly and Cindy, go pray for them, would you please? I started to have a really, really sharp pain here on the frontal lobe right now, as right before Pastor started declaring. And the Lord said, I am restoring. And he even said, I want you to look this up because people are going to be healed. There's frontal lobe damage that has, been happen that has happened to some of you. And you've had a hard time because when there's injury to this part of the brain, it causes personality and behavioral issues and impulsivity. Some of you have been dealing with anger. Some of you have not known what to do with your personality change. You just feel like, why do I go from up to down to, there's been some severe, and the Lord said, is it is damage that has occurred, but God right now wants to restore your frontal lobe. So who here has had personality, anger issues? It's, come on guys, it's time. It's time for you to be healed. Raise your hand. Let people lay hands and agree with you. It is time for you to be healed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Go lay hands on them. Here's some of the things. There were so many of them. These were words of knowledge that your elders, your pastors got. There was someone named Leanne needs healing for her re reproductive system. I don't know who you are. You may be online. You may be in here. Healing of brain disorders. There were so many things about brain disorders, abnormalities, mental illness, bipolar disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, schizophrenia. Um, saw lightning touching the head and, and healing coming to sensory process in the brain. These are all things. Folks, God is your healer. If you need to be healed, you need to stand up right now and let the healer minister to you in the name of Jesus. Here's some other generational curses, genetic disorders. I saw the Lord doing brain surgery, and it's again about the brain, praying for memories of generations to come. One of our youth saw a ripple in the spirit that came from everyone that received healing on Sunday that they would move through their circle of friends and call faith to arise. Cartilage in the knees is being healed. A weakness in the, in the ankles. One person in a back section uh, that experienced media, immediate freedom from past wounds and hurts, soul ties that had bound them for years. I declare in Jesus' name that those ties to the past are broken now in Jesus' name. Uh, so that, uh, sensory processing issues, many minds being made whole, uh, that God would heal them. A sound mind would rise up. There is thing after thing, just item after item after item. I felt driving around on Thursday, I think it was, that there was someone who had experienced uh, a, a car accident and it had caused severe pain and pain and lack of mobility. I know one person, but I wasn't thinking that would be in that category. But if you, if that's you, you need to stand up because I think there are multiple people. In the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends who hopefully are watching them. I pray for James. I pray for Reed. And I speak to Bubba. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Folks, healing is for today. How many will believe that? 
How many really believe that? Come on, give the Lord a hand if you believe that. Father, I pray for the water level of healing to increase in the name of Jesus. Increase in the name of Jesus. Now increase in the name of Jesus. I was sitting there and my back needs healing. And the, I, I was like, well, mine, mine isn't that big of a deal. And the Lord said, Melissa, get up and don't be proud. As I heal your back, I'm going to bring your family into alignment. So if anybody here, it, it's all big to God. It's all big. If you need anything, stand up. Wow. That is wonderful. What a wonderful testimony. We have ministry teams. Actually, I've been teaching a class, and they said the ministry team was going to be, uh, they could come up and pray. I need people who are on the ministry team. Come up here right now. We want to pray for people. It's a release of the power of God. If you need to be made well, if you're sick in some arena, that could be spirit, soul, body, relationships, all these different things. you have another word, Carol? I saw like a cage, and God wants to heal wounds today, especially like church wounds. Like uh, maybe you got a wound in uh, the body from a body or from someone in the body, but he and it's kept you in this cage. And I felt like the, that God has opened the door to the cage, but now we have to make the decision to fly out of it. So he wants to heal wound. He wants your soul to be healed. He wants your emotions, your mind, your thoughts to be healed. And we've been in a cage way too long. And when you leave today, you don't have to go out of this place in the cage. You can come out of the cage today. That's what he wants to do. I need everybody to stand up. I'm going to pray for each one of you that you would be released in the healing ministry. Who would like to do that to see people who... I just, I just felt like, too, one of the things with the wounds and the cage, that there's almost been like a deception of the enemy on that, telling you that you're going to have that wound your whole life, that you're never going to get over it, that you'll always be affected by this, and that's a lie. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I break that deception off. I break that lie off that today you can get free. Today you can fly out of the cage and today that wound can be healed. It's a deception. It's broken. The lie is broken. It's gone. That's not true. You can be healed today. I don't care how long you've had it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, raise, right, raise your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare freedom. I declare wholeness. I break every curse. I break off every spirit of, of unbelief, delay, all of those things that have plagued people. I break it off in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for bodies to be healed. I pray for spirit to be healed, soul to be healed, relationships and finances in the name of Jesus. Father, use each one of these powerfully in the healing ministry that you have given for each one of us. In Jesus' name. If you need to be healed, please come on up if you haven't been already. Thank you, Lord. Um, if you want to stand in the place of somebody you know that needs to be healed, 
you come on up here and you get prayed for. You may know somebody at home, somebody somewhere else. I, I want to encourage you to stand in place for them, get hands laid on you. And so I want to encourage you to do that. If you're online, just wherever you need healing at, just right now, put your hand where, you're, where you need healing at, and I'm going to pray for you right now. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, all those who are online right now, wherever they're at right now, God, I pray healing comes into their bodies right now, whether it's their back, their head, their arm, their whatever it is, cancer be gone in Jesus' name. Heart problems be healed in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God. Healing comes into those rooms, comes into those bodies in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. Come on, give the Lord praise for this. Amen. Thank you for joining us here online to listen to one of our messages here at Cornerstone. We pray that this message minister to you in a powerful way. If you would like to hear more of our messages, go to cornerstonelife.org and click on the message tab that's at the top. We pray that you have a great day and a great week. And if you need anything, we are here for you.